Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning on this beautiful, I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous day. And it's almost December in Colorado. It's just incredible. We have um, a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk a lot of ice fishing. I know it doesn't feel like it. I know we've got another week of this warm weather. In fact, today's like the coldest day in the next 7 to 10 days. But the nights are cold. At altitude, we're forming ice. We will get cold weather here. We want to get you off to the right start. Uh, we're going to talk some fly fishing, too. The folks from Kirk's Fly Shop are going to join us. They're still fly fishing in Rocky Mountain National Park, and the Big Thompson's on fire. They're going to tell us about that. We will be joined as we continue our Masters of Ice Fishing series with Greg Claggio today. Greg is a legendary guide in Minnesota. He was nominated to the Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame. He's one of the pioneers of modern-day ice fishing. You've heard us on the station, on the show already. We've had Dave Gentz, Bo Brosdahl. We're going to have Greg. We're going to have Steve Panaz. So we're going to continue getting you ready for ice fishing. We're also going to take you out to a state park today that's got some great activity going on. And uh, we're going to talk a little waterfall, so we got a lot. But speaking of masters of ice fishing and having some of the greatest ice fishermen in the country, we have a few of those right here in Colorado. In fact, a couple of them call into the show on a pretty regular basis, including our guest right now, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing fantastic. This It's hard to get people to think about ice fishing with the way the weather's been, but it's it's happening already at some of the upper, upper lakes, and it's only going to take a few days of cold weather to lock a few things up. It is, Terry. You know, we, we talk about this every year, and I think it's one of those things that it gets deceiving because, you know, obviously front-range dimmer, the weather's nice, but when you actually start looking at it, our uh, our nights are cold and our nights are longer than our days. So even though these, you know, midday gets so nice, Really, we don't hit those peak temperatures, you know, till 10 in the morning, uh, and they start cooling off at 2.30. So even though in our heads it seems so nice, uh, the overall abundance of temperature and the averages uh, is all happening in those low light periods and at night, and definitely in the high country, it is here. Uh, now, obviously, as a hardcore ice angler, uh, the temps and the forecast are not where we want them, but uh, regardless, it is starting, and there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm actually calling in from... From dang near the motherland of the ice sport, I'm actually in Wisconsin right now on a whitetail hunt, uh, but I am getting a lot of reports from Colorado. I checked up on a bunch of things right before I left. Uh, I have stepped on ice, so there's a lot of cool stuff happening. So we'll kind of walk you through all the bites between ice, open water, uh, and what's happening out there. Well, I, I couldn't agree more about the fact that the weather is deceiving. And, you know, in a way, it's going to help new ice fishermen, new ice anglers, because there is not an abundance of ice fishing gear out there. There's plenty to start, but the shipments aren't coming in. The fact that it's maybe not going to put all the people in the mode may make it easier for some of the newbies that want to get geared up to go find that gear. But why don't you take us through what's happening? Absolutely, Terry. So, you know, to kind of talk about the ice ball, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we have the, the opportunity or the privilege, however you want to say it, in Colorado, to seek out higher elevation and find ice 
a good portion, you know, of the really of the year. I mean, if you are a hardcore angler and you are willing to go to the extreme elevations, hike in, pack gear in, you have the opportunity to literally, you know, start on the ice in October and stay on the ice until July at some period of time. But, you know, that is obviously more that extremist. Where we really start to see the average angler sneaking out is when, you know, your smaller impoundments kind of in the semi-high country start to cap. Things like your Terriols, your Georgetowns, um, you know, up, up in like the Delaney areas, all of those type fisheries, when they start going, that's when things really start heating up. That's when, you know, the, the Midwest panfish to us in the Rockies, it's that stalker rainbow. That's when those opportunities really fire and a lot of little brook trout and things like that. Um, and we are there. Now, again, Terry, we, we have this conversation every year and it's so touchy because the last thing we want is to ever have anybody on unsafe conditions on, on the ice. Um, and ice, whether it is right now or in the middle of January, I'm never one that says, you know, ice is always safe or always not safe. I just always say use caution. No matter what the thickness is, no matter what the conditions are, I always am just cautious. I, I check the ice religiously, uh, and I'm on top of it. Because right now, we are seeing anglers on some of the more predominant bodies of water. Is the ice thick? No. Is the whole entire body of water frozen? No, but anglers are sneaking out. So we're seeing anglers sneaking out on Antero. We're seeing anglers out on Terriol. Um, you know, some of the bays are freezing on some of the other bodies of water, and anglers are sneaking out. Um, so there is a lot of water in the high country that has ice. Anglers are fishing. Um, but, again, it's one of those things that it could be ice. You could have ice today where you're fishing on it, and literally one big wind in these higher temps, and tomorrow it could be back to being open water. So these are those times of year where you have to take every condition for what it is. You check it that moment at that time. If you're going to fish it today and you get out on that ice and you catch some fish and it's great, if you're going to return tomorrow, you need to act as if it's your first time on the ice. Don't assume, hey, I was here yesterday, things are good. Um, I've done that myself and I've broken through the ice where I just trusted, you know, the report from yesterday and conditions change, but we do have fish, uh, you know, we do have fishable ice in a good portion of the high country. Um, you have to seek it out. You have to use extreme caution, but I don't think anything is better than early ice, Terry. We talk about it all the time, early ice and late ice for really any species is always our favorite, whether it's a big giant lake trout, a stalker rainbow, a walleye, a bluegill, a crappie, Early and late ice is awesome, but it's not risking your life for us. So make sure you're, you check the ice, get on good, good ice for your conditions, your situation, um, and it's going to present a lot of opportunity. And for the anglers out there doing that, same conversation we have every year, everybody on this early ice, I think the number one mistake that they do is, number one, they fish too deep. Number two, they always fish still. And in these type of conditions, I am all about it active presentation so get on safe ice stay shallow active presentation and that's the ingredients to having a great day on the ice in this early ice fishing conditions yeah i want to jump on a couple things you said too the first thing i want to go back to is and you and i've both done this where a part of a lake a bay especially is frozen and there's a lot of open water um, even when you're out on that ice, if the wind comes up from the right direction, it can move that away from shore. It can break it up. So you really have to watch the wind conditions. Yep. You mentioned it because it's not only that the ice isn't making new ice or that it's melting the ice. That ice can get pushed around, and you could find yourself in a very tough situation. So I always say there is no such thing as safe ice, but ice fishing is extremely safe. 
if you use common sense. You know, don't yep. go alone. Take a partner with you. Have some ropes. Uh, you know, hopefully you'll never need to use them. And as far as you and I, I think there's one piece of gear that you and I consider uh, most essential this time of the year, and that's a spud bar. Now, if you go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, go to the show I did on North Michigan. I go through extensively how to use a spud bar, but I know it's probably your number one tool this time of the year. 100%, Terry. And once you get good with it, we literally, you have videos on it, I have videos on it. I actually just did a video for the for the ISE shows. Uh, it's on their Facebook page. You can find these videos. But once you get good with a spud bar, I mean, it gets to the point where at first you're chipping away and you're checking how thick it is. Then you get to the point where just by stabbing, you can feel the ice and you know how thick it is. And then you get to the point where even just the sound to where I know when I hit exactly what ice I am on. But if you use a heavy enough spud bar and you use it appropriately, you will never find yourself on those, that bad ice or that ice is not going to support your weight. So if you stab with every step, I mean, as long as you're carrying that right spud bar, I know that my spud bar penetrates three and a half inches of ice, which I don't want to fish on, but will hold my weight. So as long as that spud bar does not go through, I know I am standing on ice that will support my weight. If all of a sudden you stab and that spud bar goes through, you immediately stop, you back up, get back to that ice that's holding your weight, that safer ice, and then, you know, get a plan together and then you obviously vacate and get to shore. But a spud bar will always keep you on that safe ice. So that that's hands down, Terry. You could not explain it better and say it more. Uh, a spud bar to me is the number one tool that I carry on the ice. And this time of year, a lot of times you can go even without an auger. You can just use your spud bar exactly. as a device as well as making a hole. So it's not like you're carrying extra gear out there, but it's one of those things force yourself to do it. Um, I used to never carry one years ago, and Jeff Looney gave me such a hard time about it. A mutual friend, you gave me a hard time about it. Uh, and after going through the ice on on multiple you know situations, um, I started carrying one, and it literally changed my, my views, changed my life, uh, and makes me safe. So I will not step on the ice without it, for sure. Before we talk about a little open water, and we, we don't run out of time, but um, if you were going to go ice fishing here in the next week or two where would you go and probably feel like you have the best chance to get on and catch fish you know terry i I, one of those things that number one this early ice for me is about just stretching my legs you know getting out catching some fish so even though there's some big fish opportunities right now my first couple trips really is just working the kinks out checking the batteries on the vexlar um so it's just about catching fish so i'm going to look at the wind conditions and just look on honestly the, the safest ice possible and then as i start approaching you know that december 10th december 15th that's when i'm gonna start hitting the bigger bodies of water so you know the terry all is a great place to go the wind doesn't beat it up as bad the nights are extremely cold it tends to hold better ice a lot of your real small bodies of water. I mean, even, you know, no-name type stuff, little beaver ponds. Um, I get out there and hit those type fisheries first just to catch some fish. And then once we start getting that better ice, then I start jumping to Antero. Then I start jumping to 11 Mile because um, both those fisheries are going to produce big fish uh, and fairly good ice pretty early in the season. So that's usually my plan and approach. Uh, but, again, even just talking about that, so many anglers I know, everybody loves to have a dead stick, a bobber rod, uh, you know, an automatic fisherman or jaw jack or one of those type devices. But this time of year, the water is clear. These fish are still shallow, feeding on a lot of the spawn material from your spa- from your fall spawning fish. Um, we have so many shallow fish that are extremely active. When you have that 
crystal clear water and that slow presentation of that, that presentation is just dead sticking. Those fish, when they come by it, they eat it. The problem is they don't notice it from far enough away. So I'm using aggressive tactics. I'm running bigger tube jigs. You know, run the same two-inch tube jig you just got done using on open water. Run blade baits. Run, you know, big swimming minnow-style baits, chubby darters. Run a, a more vibrant, flashy, loud bait um, in that shallow water, two, three, four, five feet of water, and you literally will call these fish in. Uh, and that's truly my key to success in this early time of year. Um, and it'll work wonders. And a lot of times this time of year, I am fast. I'm carrying a rod and a spud bar. I don't bring chairs. I go out there in that shallow water. A lot of times I'm going to use my graph. I spud bar a hole, drop it down, stroke that bait for a minute or two. If it doesn't happen, jump to the next spot. You can power fish this time of year, and it blows my mind how many fish I catch and the quality of fish I catch doing that type technique. All right, my friend, we only got a minute or two left. What about some open water bites? We're going to have some really nice weather. Where can people go? A lot of boat ramps are closed. Is it shore? Where would you go? Absolutely. So the walleye bite is hot. I had to say the bass bite is hot, too, but with walleye on the brain, your Chatfield, Cherry Creek, they're both fishing good. Aurora is fishing good. But the day bite is awesome. We're throwing blade baits, jigging wraps, but we've been talking about that. The night bite is on fire. And the reason I want to talk about that, right now we're out on the boats. We're casting jerk baits. We're trolling jerk baits with planer boards. But in reality, at night, these fish are moving up into shallow water. So at Chatfield, the dam face is hot. All your points around the South Marina are hot. Your points, even on kind of that west shore, kind of by the swim beach, are producing quite a few fish. The weed line on the west shore is producing a lot of fish. We're seeing a ton of activity in like three to six feet of water on the shoreline at night. So we are still on our boats now, but come, you know, basically the, the last day of November, December 1st, we're going to be shut down at the Cherry Creeks, Chatfields, those to boating, um, and we're going to be due to shore. But since this weather is nice, that shore bite's going to last, you know, who knows, uh, at least another couple of weeks or until we get ice. So right now that bite is hot and you can plan on hitting that low light period an hour in the morning, an hour at night, stay all night. Uh, but there is some unbelievable walleye action that's going to be taking place from shore using jerk baits at both Chatfield Cherry Creek. And it's one of those bites that is awesome for the fact that you don't necessarily have to dedicate your entire day to it. Do it on the way from work, on the way to work, do it on the way home from work. Quick opportunities, big fish, lots of them. Um, I definitely would not put away the open water rods just due to the availability of that bite and the forecast that we're looking at right now. We're out of time, my friend. If people want more information, how do they get a hold of you? You can always find us on Facebook at Tightline Outdoors and our website, again, with Ice Addiction on the Brain. We are talking ice addiction, and more so we are selling tickets for ice addiction. So everybody jump on there, grab your tickets before they get sold out. Uh, we're excited for a very big winner here at Tightline Outdoors. All right, my friend, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. All right, Nate Zielinski, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to take you to Bar Lake where I talked to Michelle, and I think she counted 30-some eagles one day already there. Lots to do there and so much more to talk about on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600. The fan, normally you'll catch uh, 16, 1600 ESPN. Normally you'll catch us on the fan from 9 to 11, but I heard there's kind of a big football game, something about Michigan and Ohio State. So we're over here with our friends at ESPN today, and we do that occasionally. We love it over here. But either place, make sure you join us on Saturdays. Let's go to the phones, and joining us, 
from Bar Lake is Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great. And, you know, I know we need water, and I know we're going to need precipitation. But, boy, it's hard to complain about how fun it is to get out in Colorado on the Front Range right now, isn't it? It is. It's great to be out. The weather is nice to come out and enjoy being outside for sure. And you have a lot to do at Bar Lake. Let's get into some of it. But before we do, tell people where it's located. Yeah, so Bar Lake is in Brighton, Colorado. We're right off of I-76 in Bromley. We're 25 minutes east of Denver. So we're a quick day trip. Yeah, and speaking of a day trip, uh, a lot of people are like me. They're still recovering from possibly a little bit too much food and adult beverages over the last couple of days. Getting out for a walk at Bar Lake would be a great way to start working that off, wouldn't it? Is there anything to see there? Yeah, you know, we have lots of things to see, and especially this time of year. We're really known for our birding. Bar Lake we call the bed and breakfast for birds, and we have lots of wintering bald eagles. So this is the time of year that they come down from the north, and they'll come down and they love to fish. So they're great fishermen. Um, so it's a great time to come and see those. The, there's a trail, a series of trails that go around the lake, boardwalks, a, a wonderful nature center where you could stop off first and learn about the trails and learn about bald eagles. Now, you told me we talked earlier in the week, and you saw how many bald eagles one day already? 32 already. And you've seen greater numbers than that, right? Yeah, so usually mid-December to mid-February is the best time. And so in the past couple of years, we've counted over 100 in one day. Wow. You know, you stop and think that they were, they're still on the protected list, but they were almost threatened not that many years ago. And now to have those kind of gatherings of them and to go, such a majestic bird to go and look. And like you said, there's so many other birds to see. In fact, you even have some waterfall hunting opportunities there. We do. So Bar Lake is very unique where the southern end is a wildlife refuge, which is protected. So in the refuge, you can't have your dog, you can't fish, you can't hunt. But on the northern half where you can fish and boat 10 horsepower and under, back behind the dam, we have 14 blinds where you can waterfowl hunt. So, you know, it's a great time to come out. You don't have to go very far. Um, It's all Passover shooting, so you don't have to bring your decoys. Um, And it's just a great opportunity to come out and do a little a little waterfowl hunting. How do I, you reserve those blinds, right? And how do I do that? So um, well, you do have to reserve them. And we only hunt on Wednesday and Saturdays. So that's another thing to note. And you can go online or call um, our 1-800 number. And that's all on our website. So just go to our website, um, cpw.state.co.us, and you'll find out all the information. Um, and if you don't get a reservation, because it's usually pretty full, a lot of times people will check out around lunchtime, and then you can get in for the, um, you know, the afternoon hunt. And that's kind of first come, first serve, right? It is, yes. All right. Now, you mentioned the Nature Center, but you have other amenities out there, too, and one of them is your archery setup. Tell people about what you do for archers. You know, our archery range is amazing. So we have a, a standing range and also a 3D range, which we still have open right now, and we just added... Um, a uh, a stand, so an archery stand that's built um, with stairs, and it's on our first, um, in the 3D range, it's at the first station. So it's super cool. Um, we do offer classes twice a month on Sundays, and we also have equipment that you can check out if you've been to one of our classes. Um, and there's always rangers around to help you. 
but the archery range is open year-round. Um, the 3D range will close um, December 1st because we have to do some work on the targets, but the standing range will be open all year-round. And, you know, when people get a chance, either before it closes now or in the spring when it opens again, the 3D range, especially with the stand, People go and they practice, and they get pretty good about making those shots on a standard range with at 50 yards or 40 yards or 30 yards. But when you start shooting at different angles, up and down, different positions at the 3D, and seeing how your arrow enters those targets, not only where you hit it, but how did the arrow enter that target, it'll change your whole, um, your whole outlook and your whole strategy in hunting with the, uh, in archery style. Yeah, it's very true. So it's awesome, and, you know, with today's weather, it's a great day to be out on the range. Oh, it really is. Now, in addition to that, you're always doing events at Bar Lake. Well, first of all, before we get to your event, it's still fishing. Mm -hmm. I know you're close to boating. It won't open for the spring, but how is your water? Everybody gets concerned about the water level, Um, and is it shore fishing right now, and do you expect to have ice there? So we do have shore fishing, and what's great about Bar Lake is that we winter fill. So the water levels have actually come up quite a bit. You know, there was a point where we closed earlier this year because um, our boat ramp early because the water levels were so low, but it's already all the way back up to the boat ramp. So shore fishing is great. Um, You know, we usually have a very short ice season um, and we haven't really had ice fishing for the last couple of years, but um, if we do get any ice, it's usually mid-December to the beginning of February. So just watch our websites and um, make sure that you're being safe when you go on any ice. You know, it's hard on the front range um, to get that good ice er early for sure. Well, and then you have multiple species at Bar Lake. You have wipers, you have walleyes, you have bass, you have panfish, and you have catfish. And then you're stocked with trout. And I assume sometime this fall you'll get a pretty heavy stocking of trout that people will be able to fish either through the ice or from shore. Yeah, we will. We will get another stocking here shortly. So, you know, it's just a great time to come out. Um, You know, when the water levels are lower, there is a lot more shoreline. So that is a benefit of lower water. Um, We'll fill all the way through the winter, and then we'll be full by the the end of February. All right. Now, you have an event coming up. Tell us about that. We do. So tomorrow, um, we are lucky to have um, Reindeer and Princess Day. So um, we have Reggie the Reindeer coming and some princesses, and it's sponsored by a local realty company and the Friends of Bar Lake, and there'll be um, snacks and s'mores and face painter, and it's just a a great great time. And, you know, everything's going to be outside. You know, we're very conscious of um, masks and, you know, keeping people safe. So all the whole event is outside, and the weather is supposed to be perfect. It's going to be 65 degrees. You can find out um, how to register on our website or our Facebook page. All right. Now, one more thing. Don't you also have a holiday ride-a-trail coming up? We do. We do have our holiday lighted trail that's sponsored by United Power. And um, it is um, where we light up the whole bridge and one of our nature trails. And that's December 18th. Um, Santa will be here, face painter and craft. So December 18th for that from 6 to 9. And you can find out about that on our website and Facebook as well. All right. So all those are on. Just go to the Bar Lake website tomorrow. Sounds like what a great day to get out tomorrow, 65. And then when you get the lights turned on, sounds fantastic. Michelle, thank you for joining us. You have a great day, Terry.
You bet. That's Michelle Siebert. Always, always, she has so much going on at Bar Lake. If you don't take advantage, it's a day-use park. It's it's so close to home. It's right. It's really at 120th Avenue. If you took if you took Tower Road to 120th, you'd run right into Bar Lake. And it's there's just so much to do and enjoy the outdoors. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to tell you how you might be able to take somebody fishing and win some tremendous prizes on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 1600 ESPN. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear, locations up and down the front range. Check them out. Let's go to the phones, and joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Andre Egley. Good morning, Andre. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. You know, we've been talking about ice fishing's going on. We still have shore fishing. Uh, there's still some boating at Pueblo, and fly fishing goes on almost all winter if you're willing to get out. And you have a program that I think it runs about nine months out of the year, and if you take somebody fishing about three times a year, you draw for some great prizes. Is that right? Yeah, it's called the uh, Take a Friend Fishing Contest. And it runs uh, April 1st through the end of February. Uh, this is the third year we're doing it. And we do prizes, like you said, three times a year. So we already had, we already picked our winners for July. Uh, I just picked my winners for October. And anybody out there who hasn't uh, <clears throat> submitted yet, you still have until the end of February to enter this contest. And it's statewide. Uh, awesome prizes. All you have to do is take somebody fishing who's never been fishing before. Now, tell people how it works. Who can you? Who can take somebody fishing? Who can they take, and how do they register? Of course. So, uh, basically, it's uh, two people can enter. The person who takes somebody fishing, so the mentor and the mentee, the person who's being taken fishing. Uh, they both have to be 21, so we're looking for uh, older uh, people to get involved in fishing. So, if you have little kids. That's great. Take them out, but you can't enter the contest. We're looking for a little bit older. So both of you have to be 21. Uh, the mentor just has to have a license and be 21 or older. The mentee also has to have a license to be 21 and older, but the mentee has to have either never purchased a license in Colorado uh, or this is the second time they've ever purchased, purchased a license for the last five years. So basically somebody who was fishing got out of it and they're looking to get back into it. So those are the criteria to enter. And uh, to enter, it's right on the website. Uh, if you go to CPW's main website, just CPW, as in Colorado Parks and Wildlife, .state .co .us, and then search Take a Friend Fishing. It'll take you right to the contest page. The contest rules are there, as well as a list of all the prizes. And there's a whole bunch of awesome prizes available. Now, you and I have talked before, and if I'm right, you have to do like three things with your mentee, and, and, but they don't all have to be on the water. Is that right? Um, not even that. You really just have to take them out once. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty easy. You take them out. Uh, but to enter the contest, you do have to submit a photograph of you fishing with them, as well as a, a brief uh, explanation of your time on the water. It's like, a, I think it's about 150 word minimum or maximum rather. So it's not a long blurb. It doesn't have to be a giant essay about fishing. Just what you did, where you went, why you decided to take this person out things like that, and uh, we basically we read those over and we grade them kind of on their ability to inspire. So if you say, hey, I took my best friend out because CPW rocks, that's great. I'm glad that you took them out, and I'm glad you think we rock, but <laughs> that's not going to win you the prize. Like uh, I just had a, 
one of my October winners was uh, Karen Cox and Mary Anderson up in uh, uh, Fort Collins and their sisters. And one of them has been fishing for 30 years and the other one never fished in their entire life. I don't know how that happened in the same family, but it did. And the sister that's been fishing for 30 years, uh, Karen, was just like, hey, Mary, you want to go out and I'll teach you how to fish. And like that's an inspiring story to me. And that's the kind of things that I'm looking for. Now, I mentioned earlier that we still have a lot of shore fishing. Boating is going to kind of t- wrap up probably in, for most places in the next couple of days, except for Pueblo. You can get your boat on Pueblo, and we're having some nice weather year-round. Most of the front-range uh, boat ramps will close December 1st, and a lot of them already have because of water levels. But there's great shore fishing available yet, and with this weather, we'll probably have great shore fishing for quite a while, especially for stock trout up and down the front range. And fly fishing, we're going to talk some fly fishing later in the show. Again, we're getting good fly fishing, and I fly fish the Big Thompson River right through the winter. Some of my best fishing has been in January, February there. So there's opportunities, but there's an opportunity coming up that I think really lends itself to this contest, and that's ice fishing. We're going to see ice in the high country. It's starting to form already. Some people are out. We'll see that over the next couple of weeks, get more. And then a couple of weeks after that, we should start seeing some ice on the front range. And ice fishing is a fishing activity that you can get anybody. You know, they need some warm clothing. But if you ice fish, you can share your gear. It's great camaraderie because you can be right next to each other, not like standing on a shore where you might interfere with each other's cast. And it's a different type of fishing that a lot of people have either been a little timid about trying or they don't have the specialized gear to do it. I think ice fishing would just lend itself to this program. Oh, yeah. Ice fishing is a great way to get people out on the water. And you're right. It's totally different than other fishing. Like fly fishing, if you walk up and you're within 10 feet of somebody else, you're going to get an evil stare. Uh, but ice fishing is like a very communal thing. Um, usually the fish tend to be in one area, so there's a whole bunch of people kind of crowded around several holes, but in a very small area. And when somebody gets one, everybody around them is cheering for them and, and very happy that they catch one. And everybody wants to see it. It's so community. Um, and it's just a great activity to really get people into it because um, it's a much different experience. And one of the prizes that I'm offering is a full fly fishing setup with the auger, the shelter, the uh, rods, the sled to get your stuff out of the, onto the water. So uh, take somebody fly fishing and, or sorry, take somebody ice fishing and they can actually win all the gear they need to go again themselves. Well, and, and that's just that the prizes for this are substantial. You give away some great prizes. You've had a lot of sponsors and people step up to make this happen, haven't you? Oh yeah. A lot of great Colorado companies too. Uh, Zen 10 Cara, Ross Reels, uh, Ascent Fly Fishing, uh, Trout's Fly Fishing, as well as uh, Northern Colorado Fishing Outfitters. They've all donated stuff. Yampa Rod Company. Um, and then bigger, um, <clears throat> you know, multinational ones like Yeti, uh, Orvis, Bass Pro Shops. They've all uh, stepped up to the plate and really made the, the prizes substantial. Oh, it just sounds like such a great way to get people involved. Andre, if people want more information, where do they go? Just head to the Colorado Parks and Wildlife website. It's cpw.state.co.us, or just use your favorite uh, search tool, search Colorado Parks and Wildlife, take you right there, and then just search for the Take a Friend Fishing Contest. It'll pop right up for you. All right, my friend. Great opportunity to get somebody out fishing. Hopefully, a lot of people will take advantage, and even if you don't win, you're going to find this is going to be incredibly, incredibly rewarding for you. Andre, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. You bet. That was Andre from Parks and Wildlife. We're going to take a 
a quick timeout. When we get back, um, they're going to join us from Kirk's Fly Shop, and not, they have a special event coming up. But also with this weather, I'm hearing the Big Thompson up and down the river is fishing great, and if anybody knows about it, they will. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Kirk's Fly Shop in Estes Park is Kirk Bean. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, Terry. Uh, you know what? It'd be hard to ask for more beautiful weather up and down the Big Thompson, wouldn't it? It's awesome right now. Normally it's iced up down there, but it's open all the way down. Well, you know, and I talked to uh, Darren yesterday, uh, who works at the shop there for you. And he said, you guys are still fly fishing the park. We are. You can even go up in the park and fish the upper Big T and fall. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. And it looks like it's going to hold up for a while. Now, you have an event coming up. I want to talk about that. But let's let's take those sections. Let's start. I mean, it's going to be a little cooler today, but not bad. And it's going to be really warm next few days. If I was coming up to fish with you, let's just say we started in the park. What could I expect? In the park, you want to kind of fish more midday when it warms up the most. So any time after 10 till about 4. And it, it, they're biting pretty good. You just do like a deer hair ant on the surface and drop it with a little pheasant tail, and they'll still hit it. Yeah, and it's are you pocket water fishing, or is, it, is there fishing the seams or both? Mostly fishing the deeper runs. So skip all the in-between stuff. They've seemed to pulled up for the winter already. Well, I tell you what, when it gets cold, and we'll talk about the Big Thompson in a minute, but... You and I have had some phenomenal winter fly fishing when they pool up, haven't we? We have. That seems like one of the better times to catch a lot of fish, just yeah. in one spot. Well, you know, I think they get so many fish in those deep holes that you stay behind them, you catch a fish, and normally if it was just a few fish in that hole, catching one would spook the others. But there's so much activity there, I don't think they even notice. No, it doesn't seem like it. It's, it's, if you know where they're at, you can sure catch a lot. I think the only reason we moved that time on the Big Thompson was we wanted a different shot of scenery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty phenomenal. We did really well. Now, what about the Big Thompson? It's up and down. Uh, are you fishing other parts more than others? And, you know, the status of that river has changed so much in the last few years. It went from the flood to mostly just being an upper water fishery to the fish being spread out. What's the status of the river, and how is it fishing up and down the river right now? It's pretty much the same from the top to the bottom. I would say most of our guides are actually going down to the lower, down below Drake right now. It seems to be fishing even a little better down there, but it's all pretty good right now. What kind of presentations are you using on the Big T? Uh, mostly nymph fishing, so indicators, um, and then two small nymphs below or three small nymphs below. Doing like a pheasant tail for your weight to sink it down and dropping it with two little midges behind it. Well, and this is something I always like to bring up when you're on because of all the fly fishermen I've fished with, they all have their own techniques, their own their own way of doing it. A lot of them this time of the year would be putting weight below their indicator, a, a split shot or something. You really use just the flies for weight. You really believe in that, don't you? I do. I really like just getting the right weight in your first fly, so some kind of tungsten beaded fly. And right now, you don't need a lot of weight because the flow is not that high. So just a small little beadhead fly will get it down enough and drop it with little midges. And I feel like the weight just adds another area that you can tangle on. So the less you can do, the less stuff on the line, the easier it is to cast. 
Now, what type of fish are you catching on the Big Thompson? Mostly rainbows, catching some browns. What kind of size? Yeah, mostly rainbows and browns, probably 70% rainbows and 30% browns. Um, your average fish is 8 to 12 inches, and you can get them all the way up to about 16 inches in the canyon. And every now and then you produce a real hog there, too. I've seen some big fish come out of there. It's not an everyday occurrence, but there's some big fish there. Are you guys fishing anywhere else? Uh, we're mostly doing the canyon and then some in the park. But, uh, yeah, that's mainly it right now. Now, you have an event coming up, and it's going to be, I believe it's going to be the 9th through the 12th, with the 11th being the big day. And this is an event I used to attend all the time. And I'm still working on my schedule. They've had me appearing everywhere, and Karen and I are traveling. But I'm going to try to make an appearance. I won't guarantee it yet. But tell people about the event and what's going on. So, yeah, we got a, a sale that's going from the 9th through the 12th. So if you don't want to come for the party time, you can you can still get the sale. You can even call in. You don't have to show up for it. And our sale is uh, 50% off any one item in the shop. Um, so that's kind of the big deal sale. So you can pick anything out you want and get it for 50% off. So I could take that really top-end fly rod and get it for 50% off? You got it. Ooh. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty attractive. Now, that right. goes on the whole time. That then, goes on the whole time, yeah. But then, then on the 11th, tell people what you do. So on the 11th, from 2 to 5, we'll have a kind of a party. We'll have some famous uh, fly fishermen. We've got John Gearock coming, Stephen Schweitzer, John Barr, Rick Takahashi, Josh Grafham, uh, Phil Iwani, um, Rick Takahashi, and Steve Maldo are all coming to tie flies and sign books, and Marty Bartholomew also. Yeah, and I want to get to the signing books part. Now, they're all going to be there talking, sharing stories, tying flies, although I don't believe anything Gearock says. But, <laughs> and Schweitzer's almost as bad, but... But no, they're right. really good friends, great guys. They're you know what they're all so wonderful to spend time with. They're just so they're just open and they'll talk, they'll share stories. I mean they're they're all good friends of mine and I just love every one of them and their incredible knowledge of fly fishing that they'll share with you is just phenomenal. But the other thing is they've all got books out and getting sometimes this time of the year figuring out what to get somebody that's personalized for Christmas can be so tough. So what you do is you go up there and they'll you tell them who you want the book for and they personalize a signature. What a great Christmas gift, Kirk. Right? No, it's great. And so they'll be there and what times will they be there again? From on uh, December 11th from 2 to 5. December 11th 2 to 5 and I'm I'm going to try and I'm not going to promise you the station has been scheduling me at a lot of events and I've been having to appear all over up and down the front range. And Karen and I are actually traveling, getting back on the 10th. And that time of the year, I can't guarantee the flight would get in. So there's a chance I may stop by, but I can't guarantee it. I've come up in past years, always had a great time. Usually have some refreshments and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll still have those. And we'd love to have you, especially Karen. Well, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and folks, if you want to see some of the great fly fishing from Kirk's Fly Shop, um, Go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, because Kirk and I have probably done, I don't know, at least a half a dozen shows, right? I don't know. We've, we've done a number of them. I think so, yeah. Yeah, we've done a number of them. You can see them there. And so you're, you're still booking trips, obviously, with the weather good. So if people want to book a trip or if they want to get a hold of you, how far in advance do they have to book and how can they find you? I, normally at this time of year, just a day's notice, we can get you in, no problem. Um, 
And uh, you can just find us online at kirksflyshop.com or our phone number is 970-577-0790. And we're right on Main Street next to the Dairy Queen in Estes Park. You know, and if somebody wants to try fly fishing for the first time, the rivers aren't as crowded right now. The fish are biting. The weather's going to be phenomenal for the next few days. Uh, this and You don't need any gear, right? You can supply everything. Yeah, we supply the waders and the fly rod, all the gear you need. Just show up in kind of warm clothes, and then it kind of warms up as the day goes on. Yep. And you'll learn so much from these guys, too. As much as I, I hate to admit it, Kirk, I've learned a lot from you. You just have taught me uh, tremendous amounts of fly fishing. Some of the refinements, some of the techniques you use are so good. I love going out with you just for the knowledge I pick up, Kirk. Well, I've learned a lot from you, too, so works both ways. All right, my friend, we're going to let you go, but... Um, Hopefully I'll get up there. If I don't, hopefully you get a great turnout. The sales the 9th through the 12th. The big party with the book signing is on the 11th, and people just need to get up there. And you know what? Estes Park's a great place to visit this time of the year. It is. It is, for sure. All right, my friend. Great talking to you. Yeah, you too, Derry. Thank right. you. Kirk Bean from Kirk's Fly Shop. Uh, just, he's become a really, a really good, friend, good friend, and I'll tell you what, the, the amount of knowledge that I've gleaned from Kirk, yeah, he says... We did some streamer fishing where I taught him some techniques on streamers. He always reminds me of that. But trust me, I, I, I be, I'm honored to carry his fly rod and watch him cast. You will learn so much. And especially the not using the weights, just using the flies, it'll change the way you nymph fish and, and the results you'll get too. It is just phenomenal. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to continue our Masters of Ice Fishing series where we're getting some of the most renowned ice fishermen in the world, joining us on shows, uh, we've had Bro Brosdahl on last week. Prior to that, Dave Gentz. Coming up, we're going to have Steve Panaz. You'll see, stay tuned and see who our special guest is after this time out on 1600 ESPN.